welcome to Inclusive Occupations, sharing stories of not just being invited to the party, but dancing. I'm your host, Savita Sundar. I'm a school-based occupational therapist. This podcast is a space for OTs and others who work with children and youth in education to be informed, inspired, and empowered to create an inclusive community for the students they serve. Welcome to episode 10. Wow, I cannot believe we are on our 10th episode already. I want to take a quick moment to say a big thank you to all of you who have been taking the time to listen to my episodes and offering me your support, words of encouragement and valuable insights. Um, This really keeps me going. I hope you will continue to listen and share this with your friends and contacts in special education so we can keep ourselves informed and inspired to create a more authentically inclusive community for the students we serve. Please don't forget to subscribe to Inclusive Occupations so you can keep up with all the upcoming episodes and the wonderful guests we will be having in our show. Today in our show, we have Alpana Singh, a seasoned special educator and a good friend from Cupertino School District, Bay Area, California. She's here to share with us about a program that she has been doing in her school for the past several years to create an informed community for her students with special needs. Welcome, Alpana. I'm so glad to have you with us. Would you like to share with us your journey in special ed? What made you choose this path? where all you have been and where you are right now. Okay, so my journey into special ed started when I was 17. Uh, It was my freshman year at college and Mm -hmm. I volunteered. I met somebody who was running a center for children with special needs back in India. Uh And I was volunteering with the Interact Club. So... um, and there's where I would, after college, I would go and, you know, do social activities with the kids. Mm-hmm. And that was my first interaction. And it stayed with me for the two to three years I was there. And from there, then I applied to, I really wanted to learn more about special ed. So I found mm-hmm. out that there were colleges in India that were teaching special ed. So I started applying and landed in Bombay. Okay. And so finished in Bombay, you know, did Spastic Society of India, SNDT, then moved here, did my master's and credential mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, in between, I forgot. So after I did finish from Bombay and I was in uh, with my parents and they live in a town called Dunbar. That's where I joined with the Rotary Club and we opened a small school called Jeevan Jyoti. Um, oh, wow. Which is now, so I was the only special ed teacher there with 12 kids and one mm-hmm. aide. And now it has approximately 150 students there. Oh, my goodness. I didn't and, know that about you, Alpana. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's running. It, it, they have, you know, the Rotary Club does it. So whenever I go, I help out people and, uh, and the staff do presentations. And if they need some training or something, so I do it as and when they need it. So, and, mm-hmm. and then I, once I finished my master's back to here, I landed in Dilworth and I've been at Dilworth since then. 
so okay. and you know here now at this position i do i do mentoring new teachers you know master now dilworth is a school in uh... oh yeah of course yeah it's cupertino california yeah okay 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 yes. so oh you've been in cupertino california ever since you finished your masters and yes it is finished my 21 years at dilworth right now wow that's a long time okay yes <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's then, a super. It's a top-notch school district in the Bay Area. Yes, oh. it is. And you know, it's been bless me. I've always enjoyed it. It's a very one of my. It's a very special school. We do a lot of activities that you know benefit the kids. Very mm-hmm. inclusive, mm-hmm. and very nice. So I've always enjoyed working in Delwood. It's one of, I say, it is one of the best places to be in Cupertino. So oh, that's nice. That's good that you've yeah. got to stay in one place for this long. <laughs> yes, yes. So now I as I mentioned I do mentoring, I do you know master teacher for new teachers, then I organize some of the school-wide activities, okay. uh, work with parents and you know of course teach my students too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that's exactly why you are here because I have heard a lot about your disability awareness event. Yes, uh, both from you know our common friend, and uh, and you as well when we spoke last time. And it and I really think it's such an important step towards promoting an authentic, um, uh, inclusively inclusive school community. So tell us about it. How did you start? How long have you been doing it? My journey to starting the ability awareness in a week or day, as we do at Delwood, um, started almost 17 years ago. Uh, at that time, I had a principal I was very close to, and she was leaving, and she introduced me to another lady. And, you know, I was looking for her name. I forget, but I would like to give her credit. She was a mother of two children with cerebral palsy she is a mother of two children with cerebral palsy sorry and she was the one who started it in palo alto she had this binder and my principal at that time Anne brown she had she got the binder and she gave it to me she said i'm leaving but you will know what to do with this and so after she left the next year i went through the binder and i said okay we are going to do this and we have started, I started first time when I implemented it at our school, we had a new principal and I've been lucky each and every principal has been very open to the idea of uh-huh. me, you know, organizing such an event and it has been on since then. Wonderful. And, so it was a, a parent who was doing it before. Was she doing it in your school? Or? No, she was actually doing it. In, she had done it in Palo Alto. Uh-huh. And I've been trying to look for her name. I should have the original binder somewhere, but mm-hmm. it's been 17 years, so it's stuck somewhere in my classroom. And I <laughs> couldn't find the name of exactly. I remember what she looks like, but I don't mm-hmm. remember her name. Apologize. And uh-huh. then I got in touch with somebody from San Andreas too at the same meeting. San Andreas is the regional, regional center, center, yeah. In, in the Bay Area and so they said that was something nice and we could do it and I said okay so it's been you know so I took it on the first time we did pretty much what was there in the binder mm-hmm. and since then what I have done is every year I either delete add new things you know things change in the 17 years quite mm-hmm. a bit 
Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have taken over, you know, prepping the material, training the parents and writing the scripts because as I change the activities mm -hmm. and so and making collecting all the videos that would address different disabilities, making PowerPoint, incorporating new hands on activities. And at the same time, I do get uh, the speech therapist at the school site involved. So mm -hmm. she also. Um, uh, does a session where the kids get to come into the speech room to see what she does with the kids when they go for speech. And this is the, the gen ed students come in. General ed students, yeah. It is all, everybody at the school is involved. It's all school-wide. So, so all the general ed classes starting from kindergarten to fifth grade. Wonderful. And so, um, Alpna, you teach kids with uh, on the mod severe end of the disability yes. spectrum, right? Yes. And and you and your students are um your your it, it is a self-contained classroom, correct? Yeah, it mm -hmm. yeah, I could say it is self my kids do children do go out for mainstreaming opportunities, mm -hmm. but yes, it is a self-contained classroom. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Wonderful. This is so good. And you have been and this is like a week long event for the school? Yes. So we start off uh, uh depending on how we plan that here. You have done it many different ways where Either I would do an hour a day kind of thing and organize it for the whole week or uh -huh. we pick a day of the week uh, depending on the school calendar and then that whole day is filled with activities where teach children are learning about different uh, abilities and uh -huh. then they end up with doing um, reflection at the end. Uh, or at the same time, like if we do a whole day activities and next day I would have an assembly where uh, there we, used to be a band called Magic Makers in the Bay Area. Uh -huh. And they were all children, uh, children and adults with special needs who play in that band. I believe they have changed their name now, but okay. it's okay. I, think I, I think I've heard of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we would get them to come and play at the assembly so the kids get used to it. There's uh -huh. already also a person named Gary Lapau. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Yeah, so he's out of Bay Area in San Francisco and he comes up with all these, has a good collection of these songs about different abilities and, you know, also about bullying and, you know, being nice to each other, how accepting. So we okay. sometimes have an assembly with him in, at our school. Okay, okay, that's great. I mean, I, I think he will be a great resource to, for, for our listeners to know too. So let me add, I will add that to the show notes as well. Yes. Okay. And in addition, what I do is I also invite the post-grad students who were at one time my students in mm -hmm. my classroom. Uh -huh. So they come back with the teachers from the post-grad program or the high school and they do presentations for fourth and fifth graders. Oh, that is so good. Okay. So uh -huh. that I think, uh, especially that is very powerful for the fourth and fifth graders to see that, you know, they know me, they know I teach special ed and I have students in my classroom, but to see them there, they, it's amazing to, for them to realize, you know, they were there one time in room 10, that's my classroom, but uh -huh. now they can stand in front of people, answer questions, tell them, share about themselves, share about what they do. And it also helps my parents from you know my students parents who are there at that on that day for them to realize there is a lot more opportunities you know this is not fifth grade is not the end of the tunnel look at what kids can go beyond and do things oh i can imagine and and what is the name of your event alpana oh i call it the ability awareness day oh okay 
the Ability Awareness Day. Okay, yes. so I shouldn't be calling it as a disability awareness event, but an ability yeah. awareness event. Yeah, and That's at the same time, we, you know, we have a significant population, uh, you know, students with uh, autism at the school side, but we make sure we address all the different different uh, abilities you know if they're visually impaired hearing impaired mm -hmm. intellectually uh, delayed those uh, and all the abilities so that everybody's exposed to all the different needs the kids can have even physical mm -hmm. disabilities we have wheelchairs we have walkers mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. that they, mm -hmm. the kids get to do that's great and uh, so do you have a lot of parent support in this as well yeah. Oh, yes, I do have parents support. I should say that because they are the ones I plan and organize, you know, gather all the materials, mm -hmm. check out the school schedule, you know, make sure the bells are ringing at the same time, get all the permissions, write mm -hmm. down all the scripts, make copies and get everything behind the scenes ready and then mm -hmm. train the parents. And the parents are the one who go into the classroom and they present all the activities. And they are parents of your students or do you involve um, parents from these the school? are any parents from the school so we I just send out in the newsletter that this is coming up I would like parents to sign up and this could be any parents so we have a good participation from you know uh, parents of the general ed students too and mm -hmm. my students too so which creates a lot of uh, understanding those all the parents who come out of it, they said this was something that they would love to do again. You know, this was something that they were really touched by. Mm -hmm. I, I can I can see that happening. <laughs> Wonderful. So Alpana, I know um, in the, there's it's nice to get an understanding for all the listeners now. LRE, least restrictive environment, education in the least restrictive environment yes. is the law. Right. Yes. Um, but there is also the idea of inclusion, which is more of the spirit of the law. Right. Yes. So can you can you share what you think, what what it means to you, inclusion versus education in LRE? OK. Wow. OK. So when I'm thinking of inclusion, I'm looking for acceptance. You know, I'm looking for you not just the physical presence of my, one of my students in your, in a general classroom, but there is a level of acceptance for the child to be there in the classroom by the peers and by the teacher too. So, and that's why I strongly believe that, you know, awareness is nice. You know, it creates awareness, but awareness only goes for a certain to a certain point after mm -hmm. that education comes in and when i talk about education is educating the students the peers the teacher about the needs of my students mm -hmm. and and the different abilities of my students and also the different supports they may need becomes the most powerful thing because that once they are educated that would lead to acceptance Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when we talk about acceptance is, you know, when we have, you know, there have been times when my kids have gone for mainstream and depending on the abilities, they could be mainstream for music or PE or sometimes even for science and math and language arts, depending mm -hmm. on if they are really um, at, at a higher level in that subject. Mm -hmm. And so when I send up one of those students, they belong to that classroom. <laughs> and uh, the level of support they get, the level of how the peers interact with them, how the peers support them, and how the peers engage them in all the different group activities mm -hmm. is what I'm looking for. For me, that is a model for inclusion. You know, um, mm -hmm. 
that should be a total acceptance of the kid not just of um physical uh, you know being physically in the classroom but also socially emotionally educationally belonging to that classroom i love it that is that is so um that is exactly what it should be like because i'm 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 saying this because there is so much of a misunderstanding when it comes to um oh they're getting lre because they're going to the classroom but that it doesn't stop there right our, no, our students need to feel belonged and and only when their community is able to understand them and understand who they are which happens with some about some amount of awareness and education and that's what you're doing through your event mm. i suppose yeah yes. yeah and and i think that also changes the school culture when you create when you kind of sow the seeds to Yes. build that awareness over time yes yeah yes and then mm-hmm. you know when once inclusion happens like for us when in, you know when acceptance is happening my students are taking part in the talent show they're taking part in the spelling bee uh-huh. they we are doing reverse mainstreaming and i have my parents who say you know we went to eat at a restaurant and there were four buddies who came up to him and they chatted with him they talked to him this was <laughs> the first time somebody recognized him in an outside environment so that that's, is that's what we live for right like this yes. <laughs> when our students are out there in the community and people know who they are for you know and 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 parents i can imagine how happy they must feel to yeah. have that experience yes. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and that's why for me it is they're not just they you know they're not calling them a special ed student but calling them by their name and recognizing them as mm-hmm. an individual that is really really powerful so at the school our school office is also really nice so the we engage them you know my students get to do announcements too when mm-hmm. it happens mm-hmm. and then we also do the go green club which is a recycling club so we take part in that okay. and we do garden buddies i have a, i I have a garden at school that I maintain with my students and then we have buddies from 4th and 5th grade who come and help us out in the garden and in addition we do also call do something called share a teacher okay where we go and read stories to different classrooms and all the teachers at the school are involved in doing that so we all go to different classrooms and different teachers can get to come to my classroom too and all the special ed classrooms so it kind of everybody knows everyone and we're reading books about ability awareness we're reading books about acceptance you know all this what to say emotional and educational books so that leads to and they get to experience being in our classroom too Mhm mhm and so, uh, that is another very powerful thing at Dilworth is like if something happens to one of my students all our teachers are there you know they're all there to help you to you know support you with anything that need if there's a behavior and you call for help mm-hmm. everybody will come in to support you up so which is really really uh, nice at Dilworth happening and the other thing is before i mainstream the kids or before i get buddies from different classrooms i do go and give a presentation in the mainstream classroom read a book talk about general information and general supports and general things that the kids need to know mm-hmm. so when they're walking into my classroom they are not surprised mm-hmm. or you're totally taken aback by things that are happening and they're very mm-hmm. respectful and when we talk about okay if we have a behavior you know this is what you need to do Mm-hmm. and i had a student who had epilepsy and we told them if he has a seizure we will take care of it you 
continue with what you're doing. So the kids are very, very understanding and they always follow through with what we tell them. So mm-hmm, beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an important thing for our students to know, right? When they see somebody in the community, um, you know, who is not like them or who has atypical behaviors, they their response to it will be so different when they come from a school that has already exposed them to differences and and, and everything is normal, right? Like in our classroom and we have incidences, we're not surprised by it or yes. there's, there's no fear involved and and that's how the rest of the school is. Yes. In, in yes. And happening on the playground, you know, including them in the play. I remember we had, I know that student, you and I both know that student. He was one of my most popular students on the playground. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh You know, when he graduated, practically all the fifth graders had a picture with him. So, and he was, you know, I used to say he is a man of sounds and he would use those sounds in so many different ways to communicate and talk to all his friends. And they all loved him. So, you know, uh, the kids are very accepting. You know, it's, verbal language is never a barrier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they the kids will learn, look, listen, and they take clues and they do things together, which is really fun to watch and really nice to see them being included without an adult intervention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. so I'm just like wondering, so this disability awareness event is not something that's mandated by the schools or mandated in education or anything like that, correct? No, nothing. Uh, so this is something not. new. Uh-huh. This is something that you do out of your own personal interest and passion. Yes, yes. It, it does, you know, it is, does, you know, I want, it does it take a lot of time and effort. And I did, uh, at one time I did train, gave a presentation at the CLC, that's a parent group run mm-hmm. by the SELPA, you know, three of the, I think it's Sunnyvale, Cupertino and one another school district, they're involved in that. Uh-huh. So I gave, and then I had a group of parents who were really interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. So I did train them and they did, they did try it to do it at least once or twice at their school site. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is uh, along with the time and effort, you have to be really into it and like it to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely I can, so, I can yeah and, a lot and, of effort mm-hmm. yes yeah but it's not impossible it is to do it and now you know I should also say that you introduced me to Sam who has changing perspectives and I I saw mm-hmm. that and so I'm so glad you connected yes yes, yes. and I was looking <laughs> at the activities and I said oh my these are you know, I don't have to sit down and type everything and write all the scripts. This is already done for me now. Isn't so, it amazing? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I've used his lessons too when I, um, you know, when I did my programs um, in California. I have found it found them so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to using that next year, you know, and incorporating some of my hands-on activities and getting in touch with Sam to see if he would like to incorporate some of those. And, uh, it it <laughs> nice. will be very, very, especially when we do physical disabilities with the kids, you know, we do PowerPoint and we do activities. It's mm-hmm. a real hands-on experience, which makes the students realize when you see a you know, handicap parking or you see a handicap sign, what actually it does mean, what they understand it so much more better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alpana, I'm also curious. So you said you started uh, in Dilworth 21 years back. Yes, I did. Yeah, and, I started and, working. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure things have changed over the years, right? 
things oh, have yes. come a long way. Back in those days, students, I guess, were not as included as they are right now. I mean, 21 years is pretty recent, I would think, in yes. some ways. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, it's not compared to, <laughs> yeah. Yes. compared to the times when, you know, there were no opportunities for our students with with, with significant needs to be part of the school community. So they were probably very excluded way back then. So tell me about your journey from when yeah, you started so, in the field. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, very, it's, it's nice that you asked about that because as a student teacher, you know, I did student teaching in almost like five different districts because mm-hmm. I did my general ed credential and my special ed credential. And for special ed, I ended up doing four different student teaching just to get more experience. And um, there I found at all the different school sites that the special ed was a very secluded thing. You know, mm-hmm. and it was a, like a different part of the school. Everybody was, we did, they did everything separately than the whole school. And how and, many and, years ago was that? Oh, that, you know. <laughs> okay, you're dating, must be 20, more than 25 years ago. I should say okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So, and then I remember talking as a new teacher, talking to myself, I said, that is, I don't like that. And I will make sure I don't do that ever again. I want my students to be part of the school. Mm-hmm. So coming and that mindset changed and it changed things for me because when I got into the um, school system, there were, you know, there are teams, there are different duties that general ed teachers will do, there are different committees that general ed teachers are taking part in. Until I came on the scene, special ed teachers were not required to do it. <laughs> so most of them did that's, not do it. Yeah, that's yeah. true today too. Yeah, so then I came in and I said, no, I want to do it. And they said, oh, it will be a lot of work for you in addition to what you do. I said, no, but I want to be the part of the school. Mm-hmm. So I think that changed because then I became more visible to all the general ed teachers at school. I became more of a part of the school I, and the parents and the PTA got to know me too. And so that and I, every teacher that came to Dilworth after that, I said, this is my, I know it is a little pushover. This will be a little bit more work, but this is what my philosophy is and we are going to do it and I will help you do it. And so we, since then, we have always been part of everything. You know, I take part in the FAC, we'll do leadership teams, I will do character ed teams. So mm-hmm. anything that is happening, you know, school side council, those things I'm not, I, sh- I don't have to do it, but I do it because I want to be part of the school. And mm-hmm. that kind of created a more inclusive environment at the school at the teacher level. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking to mainstream my kids, students in any subject area, it, it is a very welcoming environment for most of my students. Yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, thanks to you, I think. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I want to, I want to just say, I applaud your efforts and everything. And I also want to say that school districts, if there are any admins listening to this podcast, <laughs> I, I just want to urge administrators to take the effort to include special ed department more actively because it's not easy for us, right? It, it, we have to take that extra effort yes. to be, that shouldn't be the case. That should be the norm. Right. Yes, yes. And right. it should, yeah, it should be. And at our school, it became a norm. You know, we do have IP meetings. We do have more meetings than that general teachers do. And mm-hmm. we do will have to put a little bit more effort. But I think that a little bit goes a long way when you look at things. Yeah, this is not a, a career like other careers, right? Being no. a special ed teacher is 
definitely a calling. Yes, I and, say that. Yes. Yeah, and it energizes you to do what you do. Yes. And that's why you take on the challenge that comes with it. And and to be true to it, you know, I think we need support from the administration to take extra steps in inviting us and including us and in yeah. urging us to be part of the school community. And that's going to make a difference in, in the lives of all students. Yes, it will. And, you know, I've been fortunate and I'm lucky, you know, I've been through at least nine, eight, nine or ten principals and mm-hmm. everybody has been very accepting. And I remember one of my principal when she was leaving, she said her highlight of the whole tenure was Stability Awareness Day and that really melted my heart that say okay mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. they all recognize the importance of it they all realize how it is important for me to do it and they have always supported me with funds or anything that I need that's wonderful that's wonderful and and I have to say you know Cupertino is um, is one of the best school districts out there I mean I'm sure a lot of school districts are great in their own way but it's very highly reputed right Cupertino yes, is a highly is. reputed um, school in California yeah and I (laughs) yes it is and I I I was going to say it is very important that we started at the elementary level we do something like this at the elementary level because believe it or not kids at the elementary level can really understand they're very flexible they're very accepting and Mm -hmm. as they move into middle school and high school they keep those uh you know values with them they remember what they did in elementary school, what they learned about different abilities in elementary school. And I have seen that go from middle school to high school in our school district, how the kids progress through that. And mm-hmm. the general ed uh, kids are really welcoming and watching over my students. They'll come back to tell me how they're doing. So oh. it's amazing. <laughs> and then you see them in high school and they are still there and mm-hmm. they know them by name. So, you know, which is uh, very nice. And they take part in different activities that would involve them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, you, do they have anything like this in other schools in your district? Oh, <laughs> so they did, uh, they did pilot, I would say, you know, there are a couple of schools which did pilot this for a mm-hmm. year or two. Have they continued it to all the years that I have been doing that or year after year as I do it? I don't know um, of any other school in our district mm-hmm. as okay. of now, okay. but I'm pretty sure it should be, I think, uh, in, in every school, an event like this is going to make uh, a huge headway into inclusion oh yes it will be you know and Mm -hmm. it will it should be yes it should be and I I hope and wish you know more people more and I'm always open to anybody who would like to get trained or would like to get materials you know who'd like me to show how I do it Mm -hmm. and uh, this is and at my school site I also encourage you know we have Lots of teachers come and go, but my specialist team kind of knows what I do and where the materials are, where everything is, because mm-hmm. it has become one of the traditions at Dilworth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that tradition needs to stay, you know. We yeah, change I it. hope somebody will take the baton and yes, and and move I, on. You know, move on to different roles. Yes, yes, yeah. of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And uh, so, but I believe it is very important that we should all do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know you are doing something, you know, you are increasing awareness, you're educating the people, you know, through your uh-huh. podcast. And I hope that kind of also kindles them, you know, yeah, joy. Yeah, that's the hope, right? That's the hope. And, uh, and I, I just want to say that OTs 
our philosophy and our training is all so holistic and our approach is for students to enhance participation in education and, and that was heavily emphasized in our school right in our education from where we come and we also come have a reputation for of being the creative people right of coming yes. up with activities and ideas so I'm just curious, Alpana, what are your thoughts about schools assigning this responsibility of doing a disability awareness event um, to OTs that they oh. do that in their campuses? Like say we shift our focus from, you know, doing this one-on-one IP mandated services heavily yes. every week to going up higher, you know, to the tier one and, and service the school community at large. What are your thoughts on that? You know, you, it sounds like a really wonderful idea, you know, um, and has to be, uh, there has to be a gradual change, which I see, you know, I was thinking about, you know, we have had many OTs over my tenure at Delwood mm-hmm. and some have been really involved with the students. Some have been, you know, have a very different approach of working on the goals and things like that. But mm-hmm. I think we, yes, you're so right. They can go above and beyond that. You know, I'm saying you have some of the ideas that could really help because we OTs are working on gross motor activities, you know, when the kids are in the OT room. And that is something that can be easily done on the playground. Mm-hmm. And that can be, you can uh, get in general at peers too, and you can pair them up with our students. And that could increase the modeling too that could increase the support too and get could increase the engagement and participation from our students too so mm-hmm. i was thinking about what could be something that the ot's could start off with slowly yeah alpana you make yes. such a good point because it's a it's a nice step you know most of the activities that ot's traditionally do in schools we can do the same thing but just switch the context right work on gross motor skills, but more in the playground, more with gen ed kids, address yeah. not just the physical environment, but also the social environment, the, the attitudes of the kiddos who who play with them yes. and, and, and slowly bring about that change. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yes, you know, and that that is so true. So I was thinking of some of the ideas off the top of my head. I was saying, uh, thinking of recess time activities or recess time buddies. Like uh, we used to do something called the lunch uh, bunches or recess buddies where you would have all these playground equipment like hula hoops jump rope mm-hmm. and those different kinds of equipment put out and the kids would come and engage with them and that would be the right opportunity to for the ot to be there and say okay let's try this one let's yeah, we, can, we can recruit so many extra hands <laughs> yes yes yeah. and, mm-hmm. and the fourth and fifth grade kids are always ready to do something you give them a vest you train them and they will help you out with anything Mm-hmm. So that would be one of the things to do. Also, we could have something, I was thinking like a recess hangout room. That could be the OT room. You know, mm-hmm. not only our students need gross motor activities, there are other students who are very silent participation uh, participants at recess and lunchtime. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they are, you can see them on the fringes of the playground and they would be so much more engaged if they are in the hangout room. And oh, I love could, it. <laughs> you could have some sensory based activities, you could have some gross motor or fine motor based activities, and kids would love that um, to be there and be, and they would stay away from trouble too. You know, some of the kids who are getting in trouble in the playground are lacking yes. the social engagement part of it, and this oh. would really help them. 
Oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> I just love all these uh, ideas, Alpana. And, and, you know, you are doing all these activities beyond your call of duty, right? What, I mean, OTs are just so perfectly placed in this, in this role. And, and this, the, admin, the admins can expect this out of them. And many of them don't know to do that. Right. I've learned so much more about what OTs can do from you. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, because we have traditionally not done that. And and the thing is, if admins can bring this up, there are no admins out there who are OTs, right? Yes. All all admins are, yeah, all admins in education are not people who are who understand the philosophy of OTs and as and when OTs enter the school district they're just bombarded with this heavy heavy caseload and they're just checking off these IEP mandates and they think yeah and they think that they have to provide OT services every week 30 minutes to address and fix one problem which can be you know which must be done by the classroom right must be done it has to be done together yes yes right so if we switch from that very restrictive model and and provide services to the school community do what you do out of your own goodwill as a job requirement wouldn't that be amazing that would be really amazing i'm thinking even once a week if they they could have something like this set up at each of the school side you know that would be a good start you know and and this is barely 20 25 minutes so if we could so and that could become so powerful. I can see the kids waiting for those activities. It could be music and dance because you know OT also incorporates so much of music and dance. It could be totally yeah mm-hmm. anything. And I can see the kids being engaged in it. You know, being involved and looking forward to it each week. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I you know once if you can start doing it once a week, that would be powerful. You know, and that would be really now since you know I have and had interactions with you i know that's something we can expect <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think i'm sure your ot will be thrilled to do this and there the, the the problem probably is that they have never done this before yes. and also that this has not been an expectation from the administration from the ot right yes yes and the yes. admin needs to know that this is so much within our scope social participation is one of the major occupations of life Yes. Right. So, You're so right. Yeah. Yeah. And and when OTs say this, they would feel like, oh, I can say this, but my school district will not allow me to do it. So well, oh, yeah. school districts, they will do it. Know. Yeah, I think you, you got to know. know. If so. you want to do it, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I can surely, you know, make it happen at my school site. And I'm mm-hmm. sure pity most of the administrations would like that something more organized. Uh, to do it and because and we have all the equipment at school it's not mm-hmm. that you would have to go and get something out from anywhere the equipments are already there you know you could use the PE equipment and create activities with that mm-hmm. and that would engage uh, the school community and the children yes and, and that's so much better bang for the bucks right when we put all our time and effort into fixing problems that are not going to be that impactful in the long run yes put that same time and effort in, in in creating friends for our kids who will make life a lot better for them down the road. So. Yes, yes, so yeah. true, so true, so yeah. true. Yeah, thank you, Alpana. Yeah. So do you have any story about how your efforts to promote disability awareness in your school community paid off or had a tangible impact? Okay, so, you know, I have had... Um, 
so I'm, I'm talking about i'm looking at the you know the, the small moments that count and that's what i say like my students going on the playground and somebody's having a meltdown or somebody has a seizure and then uh, one of my students had it my aide was with her and she, the kid came running to me mrs saying you have to come so what happened your your student needs help so it's like and this was a student i didn't no you know but he knew that i was a teacher and i was the person who would go and give him help and everything like that mm -hmm. then on the playground you know i've seen when the kids are playing and then my student walks up to the playground they look at him took his hand and say let's go play together mm -hmm. so that is happening and the one incident i talked about when the pen told me at restaurants that has happened many many times where the kids are out and about and the other students come up and meet them and greet them and you know talk to them mm -hmm. and then we have at middle school when the kids go on all to middle school i have seen some of my students who are mainstreamed at middle school are going to the general ed classroom there's greater acceptance from the peers who have been with them in fourth and fifth grade mm -hmm. and they're more uh, very flawlessly they would engage them and help them out mm -hmm. without any teacher direction because they know how to work with them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and kids that, are never the problem, right? Kids yeah. don't have an issue. You know, they it's, don't have an issue. Yeah, and it's teachers who are worried that the kids will lose out on their learning. When yes, yes. And so, as the kids are mainstream in the classroom, our students are mainstream. It uh, when once they walk in the classroom, they are part of the classroom. You know, they mm -hmm. they have a place, they have a spot, they have a group that they can work with, which kind of makes them really feel that they belong to the classroom, mm -hmm. and. And if they don't know, like I had a student who was going in for science, you know, writing was not his very prominent trait, but he could understand big science concepts. So when the kids are writing down their observation, they are telling him, get your paper. This is the whiteboard. This is what you need to write. This is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So without even the teacher telling them that they needed to do that, they knew how to redirect him or what to do. Mm -hmm. And they also knew when he was losing, you know, attention, what they, how they needed to direct him. So, and that's been seen over and over again in different classrooms where students are being empowered to take that step and engage and involve and interact by themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. And the teachers, you know, they notice it, they praise it, and they, you know, they don't point it out as if they're doing something really great, but that, yeah, they're helping appear in the classroom, mm -hmm. which is the most important uh, thing which i see because if you're appreciating what the peer does for peer that is more important that creates to more acceptance mm -hmm. instead of saying oh you're helping a child from a special ed classroom mm -hmm. <laughs> so how it it is approached that's wonderful that's so good that's so good and this is just an, a perfect story of of doing real lre right yeah. education real lre which is yeah. inclusion the spirit of LRE is this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. amazing to see that even when we do spelling bees and I have every year I end up having a student who loves spelling, you know, and they take part. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I do make modifications for how they would answer the, you know, write down the spelling or say the spelling. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how they cheer on to him, how they make him feel important, how he takes part you know mm -hmm. and that is so much more powerful that making sure that they belong with the same grade level everybody who's doing the spelling be at that point they are all involved in that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so and yeah, he is yeah. no different than anybody other than the modifications of how he's going to respond to the spelling 
Yeah, yeah, that is amazing. And that those are things that OT should be so involved in doing with you, like yeah. together with you, right? Yeah. It's a team effort. And this is our, this is perfectly, this is just our, and our profession is urging us, is urging us to do that for what we've been called to do, right? Yes. To, to make a difference in their occupations of school, which is reading, writing, playing, mm-hmm. All yes. the other things that come along, not just handwriting, not just not handwriting. just handwriting. Yes, not, not just handwriting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. there are so many more modalities that we can respond in many different ways. Yeah, and and, then, and this is called occupation-based practice. So yes, yeah, that that le- leads to lifelong, you mm-hmm. know, independence and doing things. And mm-hmm. we have been just blessed. We have a wonderful OT. We have a wonderful speech, and we also have a wonderful behavior specialist who is a part mm-hmm. of the cap program mm-hmm. and our special team really rocks we all work together and ability even as day comes around or whenever any general ed kid uh, child needs support in any behavior issues or any support we all dive in and we help the general ed teacher so when we need help they are you know they are always there for us too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i love it this is so good nice um nice to hear that have a nice cohesive team Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, what are your final words of wisdom? All our listeners, most of our listeners, I believe, are are those who service students in special ed and OTs. So your final words of wisdom, Alpana? Oh, my final words of wisdom is always, you know, awareness is nice, but when we are looking for full inclusion for our students, I sincerely believe that education is important. And I'm ta- when I'm talking about education is educating the but and the parent population about different abilities that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, different needs that our students will have. And that education can lead to acceptance and that will lead into inclusion and that inclusion will not be just a physical inclusion but it will be social emotional and educational inclusion so we should all aim for that beautiful beautiful so education is the first step education awareness acceptance inclusion yes true inclusion yes (laughs) yes Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so you. much. And if our listeners, if any of our listeners want to contact you, is that okay with you? Yes, of and, course, of course, anytime. <laughs> and and how can they reach you? Oh, you can always email me at s s mm-hmm. the letter s alpana. That's I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes. But you can just say it out. Yeah, right? s alpana mm-hmm. the number ten at yahoo.com. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Alpana. Thank you, Savita, for this opportunity and asking me to share all something I'm very passionate about. So thank you.